And the number is one 9646 You need to get a hold of Savan anytime. Email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to the injury calculator here in just a little bit, but we always start with the uh, the week that was. How was the week? It was, again, extremely busy, John. Nice. Let's start off with an email that I received uh, from a very nice gentleman. Uh, so I'm just going to read you the email, and I'll tell you what happened. He says, hello, Sivan. I hear you on the radio often, and would like your input. My mom, 60 years old, on Saturday, April 8th, uh, fell on some ice in the morning at a plaza in Brampton. He gives me the street address. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he says that there is a dip in the ground that holds water, apparently, uh, and ice freezes there. He sent me a picture. Uh, and so she fell while going to visit some friends uh, at a Portuguese chicken restaurant. Uh, she fell around 8.30 in the morning. She had to be, t- to be taken uh, to hospital by ambulance with a broken ankle. She required surgery a few days later and had plates and screws uh, wow. put in to repair her ankle. Then he writes, my concern is that she works in a factory for auto parts and stands all night. And of course, my concern is that she might not be able to stand this long when her foot heals. I just wanted to contact you to see what can be done in the event that she had problems returning to work. Um, The plaza was made aware of the accident by the restaurant owners. Please advise me on what steps, if any, to take uh, in this case. Mm -hmm. And of course, I contacted him within minutes of of, of getting the email. And we had a chat scheduled for about 25 minutes after that. Wow. So again, we move very quickly. Nice. And what he wanted to know really is, look, she had surgery. She's recuperating. She wanted to know whether or not um, she needs to see if she can go back to work before we do anything. And what I told him, the son, I said, we don't have to wait for that. I mean, an ankle injury, a fracture is a very, very serious injury. And waiting around is really going to do nothing but prolong a case where she's going to end up getting compensation. And so the example I gave him is, look, you have two years. That's the limitation period. Two years. It's on a sidewalk. It's a private property. So he has two years to start a claim. I said, but if you wait a year from now to do it, and I'm telling you that it's going to take you, let's say, a year to resolve the claim as an example, well, then if you wait for a year and then it takes another year, now you are two years down the road. If we start a claim now, you are just one year down the road. So there is no point to waiting. This is not one of those cases where it's a minor car accident. I have some, you know, really really, uh, um, uh, faint pains, you know, just a little bit of aches in my back. In that case, I would probably tell you, you know, see how you feel in a week or two, maybe a month, give me a call later, and let's see if, in fact, this is more serious. This is an ankle fracture. She fractured it in three places. She had screws and plates. She's 60 years old. Big time. I would be surprised if she's able to go back to the same night shifts at that auto factory that she could have done and has done for the last almost decade because of this accident. And so, of course, uh, he understood what I was saying, and uh, we agreed that we would start to claim ASAP, and it's already on... uh, this is already ongoing. Nice. We're, we're literally today already doing the searches for the property, figuring out who's at fault, who's not putting the proper insurance companies on notice, etc. So here's an example of a very serious injury, an orthopedic injury, uh, where the person contacted me because it wasn't them. It was a family member that was right. injured. And I get a lot of people like that who call me because their family members or friends are injured. And, you know, I applaud them for that. Uh, so, so that's that's you know classic, classic example of what I get and what I got last week. What else we got going on this week? Well, we had a, a person contacting us. This is an LTD claim, long-term disability, and uh, this person suffers from severe depression. Uh, it's supported by his psychiatrist, and he had received his first first denial letter from the long-term disability insurer 
uh, on June 30th of last year, 2016. And he was denied because of those one of those classic excuses by the insurance company that the medical documentation submitted was insufficient mm-hmm. to support total disability. And so, guess what, John? He appealed that decision. Of course. And of course, uh, August 9th of last year, uh, his appeal was denied due to, guess, insufficient medical documentation. So they haven't even bothered to use a different excuse. They just denied him again. He has a second appeal that is currently in process. So again, you know, and I can't can't fault this individual. A lot of people out there just don't understand that when you're denied long-term disability and they're inviting you to appeal, you think that you are appealing to somebody who is fair, you know, perhaps a third party. Someone's going to look at it with a fresh pair of eyes. No. You're not. There may be a fresh pair of eyes, but those fresh pair of eyes are probably sitting in the next cubicle to the original pair of eyes who denied you in the first place. So it makes absolutely, absolutely no sense to appeal these decisions. Nothing. And so he contacted us. And of course, we got some information from this person. And there is no question in my mind that we can resolve this long-term disability claim fairly quickly, easily, with pretty much no hassle to him because we'll be dealing with the insurance company and their lawyers directly. And this person can focus on what they ought to be focusing on, which is getting better and healthier. Insurance company loves that appeals card. They, oh my they God, play they it do. all the time. They do. But think yeah. about that for a second. Okay, You're appealing that decision because you feel that it's an unfair denial. And so you're putting all these resources into it. I'm not just talking about monetary resources, going to your doctors. It's time. It's aggravation, right? And, and by the way, throughout this time, the person is not getting paid, right? So you get denied, and then you appeal again, and then you get denied again. And by that time, I don't know, six months may have passed, a year may have passed. Most people give up. Mm-hmm. You don't give up. You don't even go down that detour in the first place. You give me a call, and I will tell you what your legal options are. I'm not going to tell you you have to hire me. I'm not going to tell you you have to hire my firm. I'm not even going to tell you that you have to do X, Y, or Z. I'm going to tell you that here are your legal options. Here's what you can do. And then you choose how you want to proceed. And if you, despite everything I've told you, want to appeal, by all means, go ahead and do it. But at least you'll know what the eventual outcome could be and what your legal options are. We'll take a quick break. The number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. You want to email any time? It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to the injury calculator uh, very shortly as well. Uh, the Insurance Injury Law Show Talk Radio AM six forty. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get into a, a, a CBC article, which I know you had a piece of uh, Savannah just a bit, but we'll get to uh, one more case uh, as part of your show. What's uh, what was the case you're talking about? So this is an interesting one. This uh, particular individual came to us through that website fightformyltd.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, we keep talking and mentioning because it's so easy for people who have been denied or cut off long-term disability claims to just check if they have a legal case. And all you do is just go on our website, fightformyltd.com, and and fill in just five simple fields, like your age, what kind of disability do you Mm -hmm. have, do you have medical support. Really, it takes you five seconds, and I get that email, that consult, and I'll tell you, if you have a legal case or not, and then you can decide how you want to proceed. Nice. So I tell everyone out there, just use it if you need to, or if you know somebody that may have use for it, tell them about it. So this individual here from St. Catharines contacted us through the website. Uh, and uh, essentially, this is an LTD issue with one of the large LTD insurers, Sun Life. Uh, and uh, essentially what's happening is that her insurance company has told her uh, that 
she will be returning back to work or she has to try a return to work program um, this April within about a week or so. She has a doctor's appointment coming up a few days beforehand. She has not been cleared to go back to work. She suffers from Lyme disease. In fact, she has been suffering from that for about 20 years. Uh, and, and she doesn't really know what her options are. She's uh, an education assistant. And, you know, I get this a lot. People who tell me, look, I have not been cut off yet. Uh, I will be, I, I will be, you know, uh, cut off because I can't do what the insurance company is asking me to do. Uh, and by the way, that happens extremely often with the insurance company gives you a heads up. They'll tell you in a week, in two weeks, in a month, in three months. Sometimes I have people contacting me because the insurance company is telling them in six months, we are going to cut you off, uh, which I think is completely improper because how can they evaluate the person's condition in six months right. unless the policy expires? But anyways, so this lady contacted us and, and what we are going to do really fast, really quickly is we're going to contact the insurance adjuster at no charge to her. And explain to the suggester why it is that this lady should not be cut off right. from LTD. And the force of that email, I can tell you we've had quite a few successes thus far where we're contacting the adjuster before the person gets cut off. But, you know, when they're thinking that the cutoff is inevitable because they've been given a date. And guess what? Within a few days of us sending our email or our letter to the adjuster, the individual that uh, we've done this for mm-hmm. contacts us and says, oh, you know what, Sivan or Albert or whoever it is that's helping her from my firm, I just got notification that they're reversing their position. They're not going to cut me off. Stay of execution for now, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, it's exactly true. They may very well end up cutting her off at some point in the future, but at least for now, for now, her mind is at peace and she yep. can focus on her health. So if you're in that situation or you know somebody in that situation where they've been told you will be cut off long-term disability in the foreseeable future, in the next week, month, whatever it is, give us a call. Let us try to reverse that. And it's not you dealing with the adjuster. It's us dealing with the adjuster. So just imagine, just imagine not having that stress of having to deal with the adjuster, with the insurance company yourself. Imagine having us dealing with that adjuster. I can guarantee you and I can tell you that the adjuster is going to then have to really be on the ball because they can't just, you know, sell us something. I mean, we know what the law is. They know that we know what the law is. That's why this the, the chances of us being able to get them to reverse their position or lay the groundwork for starting a legal claim if they don't is so high and the success rate of resolving these claims is so high. one 9646 is the number. So last week, yes, CBC ran an article about uh, mental illness and disability in regard to LTD. Well, uh, you were part of that article. You even had a shot of your pretty mug in there, too. Yeah, that's... Tell me, uh, tell me more about that. <laughs> so they had my picture there, which I'm not necessarily thinking it was the best thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, this reporter who's, who's excellent, uh, the article is just fantastic, just brings to light... Uh, you know, the prejudices out there mm-hmm. by insurance companies, by employers to mental illness and mental disabilities, right? And, and again, it goes back to this uh, thing that if we don't see it, it doesn't exist, right? It's, it's not, not an a broken or an MRI. Exactly. Yeah. And if it's not a broken bone, well, then you yeah. should be able to do the work. Whereas a lot of people nowadays are suffering from uh, whether it's depression or anxiety or a whole you know, wide ar- ar- array of, of issues relating to, mel- to, to, to mental illness. And so, you know, the, the, the focus of the article wasn't just on that. It was about, well, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with those kinds of claims? And oftentimes what I tell people is, yes, there is going to be prejudice against you in an LTD claim because the insurance company essentially doesn't know if you are really suffering from it or you're just saying that you're suffering from it. 
so in order to really uh, increase your chances of a successful LTD claim and not to get cut off, you make sure that you have uh, consistent treatment. So whether you're going to uh, a, a, a psychologist right. or a psychiatrist, whoever it is, you make sure that uh, you follow treatment recommendations as much as you can, right? And, and that includes medications. If those are prescribed, uh, if, if there are certain types of treatments that uh, you know your family doctor is suggesting, again, make sure that you follow those unless there is a good reason not to follow them, in which case you want to make sure that it's reflected in whoever is treating you, their files, why it is that you're not following certain recommendations. But it's absolutely crucial to make sure that you understand that your claim, if it stems from a mental disability or mental illness, is just as legitimate and potentially even more debilitating than a physical injury. Because you know, John, I mean, if we can't think straight, if we can't remember things, mm-hmm. if, if we are you know, just uh, emotionally in a state where we can't uh, act and can't operate within our environments... It's not the same as having a broken ankle where you can just, you know, have modified uh, yeah, it duties. It sucks, but you can manage, right? Exactly. Being mentally incapacitated is no exactly. good, right? And oftentimes in those situations, that's really when it's the family members and the friends of this person who's suffering from mental illness or mental disability that will reach out to us for help because that person is really, really struggling. And, it, and everything gets exacerbated by the insurance company who essentially are, as I say, re-victimizing the individual by cutting them off or threatening to cut them off. So it's extremely crucial to understand it's, it's legitimate to have mental illness, mental disabilities uh, as, as part of uh, an LTD claim. Uh, and and you, you, should, you should not you know, uh, back down and you certainly should not be intimidated by the insurance company that tells you that you don't qualify for disability. More coming up in just a couple minutes as we go to a short break. one 9646 is the number anytime. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca through email. And we'll, as soon as we come back, we'll get to uh, fightformyltd.com and the injury calculator as well. The Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640. one 9646 is the number. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Injury calculator, give me some details. We love this. It's been, uh, it's been a couple of years now. I think it has been a couple of years, exactly. Yeah. It's an online uh, calculator, really, that allows you, if you've been injured um, through someone else's negligence, so in a car accident, mm-hmm. somebody hits you, or if you slipped and fall on ice because somebody didn't maintain the sidewalk or the parking lot, uh, and you suffered an injury, and you want to know, does it make sense for me to start a legal claim for compensation? What can I be looking at in my pocket for pain and suffering? Right. Uh, and so what this calculator does is it allows you to just input a few key pieces of information anonymously. Uh, and uh, the calculator then has an algorithm, and it runs through a database of legal cases similar to yours in terms of the injury from across the country, across Canada, and it essentially uh, puts out at the end a range, a monetary range of damages you could be looking at. So, if, for example, we talked about that lady that broke her ankle. She would go to the calculator and she would input the date of the accident, where it happened, which is Brampton. And she would say, you know, it was a fracture, uh, an ankle fracture. I had surgery. Uh, I may potentially have chronic pain. And the calculator goes through all those cases in the database with ankle fractures with somebody of a similar age. And it will spit out a, a range of damages for her pain and suffering of what other cases have netted individuals who have pursued legal claims for uh, broken ankles. And so it would show you, for example, say, you know, you're entitled to thirty to $60,000, for example, for pain and suffering for your ankle. And, of course, you're going to have that range of damages because you have different judges and you have different courts sure. across the country. So they come up with different conclusions. But at least you'll know what the range is. 
And, you know, we've talked about this before. This only deals with pain and suffering, doesn't deal with income loss, right? This lady is not going to be able to work now for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. Well, that's something that I have to speak with them about and get more information, which I did, to be able to properly evaluate that head of damage, the income loss aspect. Which could be a lot higher, right? It can be a lot higher, right? I mean, if she's earning, as an example, $50,000 a year, and if she's 60 and she was going to work, let's say, for another five years, right? Five years times 50000 that's $250,000. I mean, the math is not really that simple, but let's assume it's a quarter million dollars for income loss as an example, right? So she could be owed that plus the thirty dollars to $60,000 for pain and suffering. But what about out-of-pocket expenses? Maybe she needs somebody to help her around the home now. Maybe that's going to cost another five ten grand. Maybe she needs other treatments that OHIP doesn't cover. Maybe that's another five ten twenty grand. Who knows? So you see, that calculator, it's great because it tells you, here's what you could expect to get based on Canadian case law for pain and suffering. But if you want more information, then, you know, when you get that result, you click, I want a consultation, and then I get that. And then we have a quick chat, and I can tell you exactly what you can expect. Get to an email from Howard here. It says, uh, my wife was let go from her job last week. She's been on LTD for a year. And on top of being let go, we've just been told by the insurance adjuster that she should try uh, going back to work, but she can't. She's undergoing treatments for a neurological issue that affects her ability to focus, remember things. She's an insurance broker uh, and is 44 years old. How do we deal with it? Well, Howard, thanks for the email. Uh, And I, I encourage people out there, if you have these kinds of questions and you want me to read the emails out loud, or if you don't, Email them to me and tell me if I can read those emails uh, on on the radio. Uh, So, Howard, there's a few issues here. Number one, uh, the first sentence, my wife was let go from her job last week. I'm definitely going to have you speaking with Lior, my partner, about the employment law issues uh, dealing with that, severance and and all that good stuff. With respect to the LTD component, look, uh, the insurance adjuster is telling her that she should be trying to go back to work, and you're telling me that she can't. Uh, and she has these neurological issues. Look, she should only be trying to go back to work if, one, she's cleared to try and go back to work by her doctors, and two, she feels that she physically and mentally is able to go back to work. If the answer is no to one of these, then she should not go back to work. And what I would do in this case, Howard, I would contact your wife's doctors, whoever they are, whether it's a neurologist, family doctor, whoever it is, And I would have them specifically deal with that issue in a very short report. And I would present that to the adjuster. And I would, you know, tell the adjuster, look, the doctors are saying that she's unable to return to work. What say you? Who are you to say that, you know, those doctors are wrong and she should? And, and, you know, one of my concerns, John, in these situations is that insurance companies often force people to go back to work against medical advice or against really what they feel they're capable of. And guess what? Within a week, within a few days or a week or or even a few months, their condition deteriorates because of that forced return to work uh, initiative. So you have to be very careful with that. And so, Howard, we can help you from both fronts, from the employment front as well as from the LTD front. Very, very, very important to contact us as soon as possible so we can give you the legal option so that at least you know how to proceed. What do you do if you get, uh, I mean, generally they're, they're probably pretty nice and congenial and friendly, but what do you do if your LTD adjuster is just belligerent, aggressive towards you or someone you know? Well, I'm going to answer that question, but let me uh, pre- preface the answer by saying that, you know, the majority of adjusters that I've come across are not belligerent. 
they're not uh, bad to deal with. They just have a job to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's a, it's an excuse, you know, that people use. I have a job to do, uh, and 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 you know that's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing and why I'm telling you to do what you need to do. Uh, but, but really, you know, adjusters are not there to make your life miserable, despite the fact that that's what it seems like sometimes. I know a lot of adjusters; they're friends of mine. That said, if you do have an adjuster that's belligerent and aggressive, you call them up on it. You tell them, you cannot talk to me this way. You cannot say mm. these things. Speak with their manager. If you can't, and here's, here's the thing, most people, they can't, right? Because they are in, 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 a, in a position of weakness at that point, right? They're fighting their own health. Uh, and, and so what happens is the family members are the ones dealing with this adjuster. Get me to speak with the adjuster. I can guarantee you that within five seconds of speaking with me, that adjuster will no longer be belligerent. Very simply. Why? Because I would put the phone down and there would be a very, um, how shall we say, mm-hmm. uh, to the point email or letter sent to that person's manager, copy to the ombudsperson for the insurance company. Right. I'm telling you right now, there is absolutely no excuse for an adjuster or for anyone from the insurance company to talk aggressively or in a belligerent or, or, or in any kind of a way that demeans an individual, especially, especially an insured, the person that, you know, money was paid for this insurance policy, yeah. right? There's absolutely no excuse for it. So, you know, if you're in that situation or you know somebody in that situation and maybe they haven't been cut off, maybe it's just a, an issue of, I don't know what to do with this adjuster. You know, every time they call, I see the number or I get an email, I I get anxious. I get very anxious. Yeah. Get me to speak with them. As soon as I am retained, as soon as the law firm is retained to help you in this case, they're not allowed to communicate with You're you done. anymore. You're done. They have to go through me. That's it. one 990 is that number. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca. We'll get back with more of your emails and more uh, show topics as we take a short break here in the Insurance and Injury Law Show Talk Radio, AM 640. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. Help at the insurance ca. Got uh, Deborah's email. Just uh, shot it over. Says my father listens to you every week and told me to call you because my friend and I were in a pretty bad car accident last year. She was driving and I was a passenger. A car switched into our lane without looking on the highway at over a hundred k and caused the crash. The other driver says that my friend was at fault because she should have seen him. Nice. Uh, We both hired the same lawyer, but I was told by a friend of mine that we should not have the same lawyer. I broke three ribs, tore my right shoulder, haven't worked since the accident. There you go. Okay, Deborah. Well, your friend who told you that uh, you should not have the same lawyer as the other person in the vehicle that was with you, that was driving, is correct. You know, this is something that we see often. I used to see when I was doing defense work for insurance companies, and I would get a claim uh, or multiple claims on my desk for the same accident, and I would see the same lawyer or law firm acting on behalf of several people in the same car. And, And here's the problem. We as lawyers, we have obligations, ethical obligations, uh, to make sure that we don't represent people who have conflicting interests. So think about it this way, John. Let's say you and your wife are in a car. You're driving. She's a passenger. Uh, We have a collision, okay? But it could be that you are 50% at fault and I am 50% at fault. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that mean vis-a-vis your wife? She would have a claim against me because I'm 50% at fault here. But you're also at fault, so she may have a claim against you as well. Right. Well, if you and your wife hire the same lawyer, your lawyer is not going to pursue a claim against you for your wife because 
the person is acting on behalf of both of you, right? So you have to be very careful in those instances where, you know, you could even have the possibility of a conflict. You have to get a different lawyer representing the other individual. And so, Deborah, in your case, there isn't even a question based on the description of the accident that you've given me that you and the, the person who was driving should have separate lawyers. And if you don't, if you don't, you may find yourself in a position where the lawyer that's representing you is not advocating for either you or the other person to the extent that they ought to because there is that conflict, yeah, right? Because drive- both teams, right? Exactly. You can't. Yeah. You're not allowed, and it's a problem. And, you know, I've had situations, again, when I did defense work, where this would come up. And, of course, I couldn't talk to the plaintiffs, to the injured people, but it was so obvious to me that the other lawyer was not acting ethically by doing that because it was so apparent that there was a conflict. So definitely, uh, 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 Deborah, you make sure that um, uh, you or your friend have a different lawyer. Uh, and, and, you know, I'll be happy to speak with you about the accident. But, you know, I can also refer you to five other lawyers, very good lawyers that would be able to speak with you or your friend uh, in the car. But certainly you make sure you do not have the same lawyer as the driver. So if your LTD case has, you know, total disability in bold across the top, does that mean you can't do any of your own work? No, it doesn't. And this is also very important. So, you know, the term is a bit misleading. Total disability is a term of art. What does that mean? It means that the way that a layperson interpret, uh, interprets that term may be very different than the way a lawyer does. So when we think of total disability, we're thinking, oh, my God, total, yeah, like right? quadriplegia, can't move, just done. You got it, yeah. exactly. Can't move anything, spinal injury. No, yeah. that's not what it means. Total disability essentially means that you can't do substantial portions of your job. You simply can't function the way that you could before the disability arose. Maybe you can do 20% of the work, but you can't do what you could before. You can't do the 90% or 100%, right? And so that's important for people to understand that total disability simply means, again, depending if it's before the two-year mark or not, but what it means is that you have a doctor or doctors who are saying that you're unable to perform the the, uh, major parts of, of your job. Uh, very, very important to understand. It does not mean that you are, as you said, quadriplegic. So that uh, that total disability, that is the first two years, right? That's the portion where they, right. they, and then after that, they reassess you, right? That's right. So you have really two tests. Most most insurance policies that deal with long-term disability have uh, two types of criteria. The first two years of LTD, the question is, or the test is, can you do your own job? Gotcha. The substantial aspects of your job. Beyond the two-year mark, and this is where people usually get cut off because they're told, well, you don't qualify under the new test. Well, what's the new test? The new test is no longer can you do your own job, but can you do any other job for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience? So, you know, if you were a professor at university, nobody's going to ask you to start delivering newspapers, okay? That's not something that you were trained for or have education for or experience in. So very important to understand that beyond the two years, you need to have doctors who essentially say, look, this person continues to be disabled from doing any job for which they're suited for by training, education, or experience. Most people, when they get that letter, you know, you're hitting that two-year mark. We don't believe you qualify for total disability under the policy beyond the two-year mark. Most people say, okay, well, I guess that's that. No, that's not that. If you believe that you are unable to do any other job at this point for which you're suited right, by training, education, or experience, and your doctors confirm that, you have a legitimate grounds grounds to continue with the LTD, even if the insurance company says you don't qualify. At that point, you call me, and I'll tell you. I'll look at the medical documents. I'll look at the policy. I'll review both. 
and I'll tell you what I think. And if I think that you're being cut off prematurely, then I'll give you your legal options, which are to have me communicate with the insurance company to reverse their decision or to file a legal claim and force them to reverse their position. one 9646 is the phone number. The email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. You got some time, check out the injury calculator at injurycalculator.ca as well. Lots more of the insurance and injury law show coming right up. Talk radio, AM 640. one 9646 is the number. I mentioned the email address several times during the show. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Brad, got your uh, email here. It says, I've uh, been on long-term disability for a year, and my insurance company just offered to pay me until the two-year mark, approximately forty-eight grand. And said that uh, then I won't be getting any more payments. That's it. They said I would get cut off. My concern is that I've got a degenerative disease and I'm only 46 years old. Do I have to accept their offer, their terms? Uh, what happens if I don't? And they cut me off anyway. Brad, this is an excellent question. And so l- let's just rephrase the situation here or just understand what's happening. So Brad has been for just over a year on LTD. The insurance company is looking at his age, looking at how much they're paying him, right? He's only 46 years old. So assume the policy goes to age 65 and under 19 years worth potentially of of almost 50 grand a year, right? Give or take. It's a lot of money. So what's the insurance company doing here? And, And this happens frequently is they'll tell you, look, we will pay you off until the end of your second year. Remember, we just talked about that two year, first two years on LTD. So they'll offer to cut you a check for that extra year or extra half year or whatever that amount is, which looks very enticing. But what they're not telling you, or at least what they're not really explaining to you, is that if you say yes to that and sign on the dotted line, if you do that, you are foregoing any future benefits. You can't come back, yeah, two years later, five years later, saying, "Uh, I need more money. I've spent it all. No, you can't. And so it's extremely important to understand that this lump sum settlement that they are offering you now, they're not doing it from the goodness of their heart. They're doing it because they're getting an amazing deal from that. And the amazing deal is that they don't have to deal with you for the next 19 years, 18 years, 17, whatever that is. So, you know, and listen, in some situations, it may make sense. You know, I've had cases where people have come to me, they were 61, 62 years old, they were being offered the buyout, so they would have to compromise. So, for example, they'd get another year or two years worth and they would not be entitled to you know, the several last years of their disability. And I explained the pros and cons. And you know, they said, Sivan, listen, I would rather take that money now. I have some debts. I want to clear that up. Uh, I'm not foregoing 20 years worth of disability yeah. here. I'm foregoing less than that. So I want to go ahead and do it. But that was okay because that was after I had explained and showed them in a chart form the pros and the cons of accepting the lump sum. So very important to understand, and, and Brad, you know, to, to, you, to your uh, specific situation, feel free to give me a call after the show. We can talk about it, and I can go through in detail uh, the pros and cons. But the important thing you need to understand is if you accept a buyout, right, a buyout worth a year, two years, three years worth of LTD, when you, in fact, have a potential of a lot more, getting a lot more yeah. from them, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years worth, you have to be very careful because once you accept it, you accept it. You cannot go back. So very, very important to understand that. Brad, that number, one We'll get to uh, Lily here before we uh, move on. says, I've been with an LTD lawyer for three years now, and it seems like the case is taking very long to resolve. 
And my lawyer's not giving me any straight answers. I was cut off on March 22nd of 014 and hired my lawyer within days. My lawyer started the claim in early 2015 and still nothing has happened. Is this normal? Why is this taking so long? Well, Lily, I can tell you right now that based on my experience, without knowing the details of your case, I don't have any LTD claim in my office that has been going on for three years. Nice. I, I mean, I, I just I can't really understand yeah. why it is that it would take that long. Remember, uh, when somebody comes to me with a long-term disability case because they've been cut off or denied, the insurance company has known this individual, in most cases, a lot longer than sure. I have, right? This is not like a regular personal injury case where we're putting the insurance company on notice of a claim. Here, the insurance company is aware of this individual. They've reviewed their medical documents. So I don't really understand what is going on here. I mean, three years, holy cow. Uh, so, I, Lily, I can't answer your question because I don't know enough information. What I can tell you is that in my office, we generally resolve LTD claims anywhere between a few weeks, right, when we can get an insurance company to reverse their position, uh, to perhaps a year, maybe just a bit more than a year. But that's really if we have to go through a lot of the steps in the process of resolving these claims. And that's really because the insurance companies, their lawyers are backed up. Uh, but we move very quickly. We move uh, in, in, a, in, in a different methodology than I think other law offices do. Uh, we have a team approach. So there's going to be several lawyers uh, with me sort of at the top dealing with the LTD claim, several staff members. And so that way, if in a particular case, there are 20 things that have to get done, right. it's not that they're being done sequentially one after the other. It's that the team members are assigned two, three, four tasks, and they're all done in parallel. And that's why we move these cases so much quicker through the system. Because at the end of the day, John Lilly has been without money for three years or without LTD payments for three years. And that's not fair. It's just not fair. I don't know what she's had to sell. I don't know what, you know, how much of an impact it's had on her and her family life, but clearly she's emailing us. So, Lily, uh, if you'd like, I, I can, we can chat after the show. I don't, know, I don't know who the lawyer is. I don't know who the law firm is. And you don't have to tell me. But at least if I get more information, I can tell you what I think should be done in your case. And then feel free to speak with your lawyer about that. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is that number you want to call. Keep the email handy as well. It is help at the insurance lawyer.ca. And if you want to know what your uh, pain and suffering could be worth in the case of an accident or disability, injurycalculator.ca is the website as well. Lots more of the insurance and injury law show. It's coming right up. It's talk radio, AM 640. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. The uh, email is help at the insurance lawyer.ca. So contacting you after an injury, uh, someone's um, you know injured in a car accident or slip and fall, they should wait to see if they go back to work before contacting you, or when's it a good time to uh, get the information, get the ball rolling? No, g- get in touch with me as soon as you can. Why right not? After, right? Yeah, why not? Exactly. I can tell you if you need to wait or if you don't need to wait, if you should do this or that. I mean, you know, oftentimes people contact me because I've heard the show a year later after the accident happened. And and what happened is that, you know, during that period of time when the accident happened and when they contacted me, there's already been a lot of things that would have happened, such as you would have gone to certain doctors, you would have had certain therapies. Uh, You know, so at that point, throughout that year, a medical trail has already been created, right? And you can't go back and fix the medical notations and, and what you've told the doctors and, you know, what specialists you've seen. 
if you contact me early on, I can tell you, you know, here's what you should consider from a legal standpoint, right? So people come to me, for example, and, and you know, they would have contacted me a year later and they say, well, guess what, Sivan, I slipped and fell on that ice in that plaza and I didn't want to bother you or contact you at that point. I ended up speaking with the insurance company for, you know, the plaza owner. And guess what? I gave uh, a, a written statement. And of course, you know, I roll my eyes uh, and, and I say, okay, well, do you have a copy of that statement? And whenever I look at one of those statements that a person gives without having a lawyer present, right. I can tell you usually there, is, there are things in that statement that don't help the case. So the answer is don't wait. If you've been injured, legitimately injured, okay? Don't come to me if you're trying to just, you know, Milk play the, the system. system. I, I'm not interested and, and you're probably going to get harsh words from me because I, I just, I don't like that. Uh, partly because I guess I used to do defense work in the past, oh, so sure. I don't have patience for that. But make sure you come to me right after an injury or, uh, you know, if it's an LTD case, after you've been cut off or even before you've been cut off, if you know you're going to get cut off, don't wait. Don't wait. Get your legal options, the legal information you need right now, and then decide how you want to proceed. No one's going to force you to sign anything. That's the one thing about my firm. No lawyer at my firm will ever force anyone to do anything against their wishes. And I get complaints, John, because of the show and, you know, people know us. Uh, people do contact us because they've been represented by certain lawyers and paralegals. And they come to us and, sit and, you know, they say, you know, the lawyer told me I have to do this. Or the paralegal told us I have to sign that. You don't have to do anything. These are your cases. These are your lives. You have to understand what it is that you are signing or agreeing to. Very, very important. Speak to the language about that when someone calls and they deal with the insurance company or an adjuster phones them and they haven't spoken to a lawyer. Like, What, what kind of things can they say to damage their case? Uh, the individuals themselves... Because um, they don't know the wording, they, right? They don't, they don't know, know the wording. It. No, they don't. So I'm going to give you just a very simple thing that comes to mind. Uh, let's say you're questioned, you know, you have an accident and uh, you have difficulty doing housework. Mm-hmm. And they're asking you, well, you know, can you vacuum? Uh, can you cut the grass? Can you do this and that? Can you shop? And the person's injured. Let's say they have an ankle fracture or they have a hip fracture or whatever it is. And they say, no, I can't do it. Well, there is a difference between saying I can't and I have difficulty doing, right? right? If you say I can't, but really what you mean is I'd rather not because I'm in tremendous pain if I do right. that. And then somehow they catch you doing that. Well, then now they're saying you're not credible, right? So, you know, listen, there's a reason why people don't like lawyers out there because they say that we play with words, right? And, and you know, we're, we use rhetoric to, to uh, twist things. We don't. We're just very, very precise in the words that we use. Mm-hmm. And insurance companies play that game as well, which is why if you have a sophisticated entity like an insurance company on one side and a layperson on the other and you're dealing with legalities by dealing with the insurance company not understanding the significance of every word that you use that you sign your name to you could be prejudicing your case that's why it's crucial to have a lawyer by your side who can you know make sure that you don't make any of those really simple mistakes they're going to cost you money down the road can any lawyer uh, help with the ltd case for instance can you go real estate or immigration no. or whatever no 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 absolutely not absolutely not i mean can you imagine if you needed surgery and you went to a uh, i don't know an ear throat doctor yeah. i mean you no know, nowadays everything is specialized so you know if if you're looking on the person's website and it says that they're doing family law and immigration law and real estate law no those days are gone Everything is now specialized. So at the firm, we really deal with employment law, labor and employment, as well as injury and insurance law. 
those are very, very specific disciplines, and our lawyers are specifically trained to deal within those disciplines. And those two really go hand in hand anyway. Usually you oh have my God, one they with do. the other, right? Yeah, That's absolutely. the reason why you put the firm together like that. You right? know, it's funny. We got a lot of referrals from people who have been cut off disability from other employment lawyers who don't deal right. with disability. And we have disability lawyers who refer, refer employment cases to yeah. us. So I usually tell people, well, look, you have everything in-house with our lawyers, right? Not a day goes by when I or a member of my team, disability team, doesn't speak with one of the employment lawyers because we may have questions. My client may just have been let go from their job, but they're on disability. Well, guess what? The lawyer right next to me, the office next to me, he's an employment lawyer. So I go to him and I say, Steve, what can you tell me? You know, can you help my client with this or that? Very, very, very important because it allows us to strengthen our, our, uh, you know, the compensation that, that we can get for the individual on all fronts. Another good week, my friend. Uh, we'll take it for another week. In the meantime, the number is one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. You need to email Savan anytime. I advise you do before you make any move. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And if you find out what your uh, pain and suffering really should be, the number, uh, get a good ballpark, uh, a number here, injurycalculator.ca is that website as well. And fightformyltd.com. A bunch of emails and uh, phone numbers and websites for you to check out on your own time. Until next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640.